All season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Well, it's good to be home at least. You know, sleeping in your own bed uh, makes the loss hurt a little bit less. Brewers fall tonight by a 5-3 final. Still, though, they have not lost back-to-back games this season, so that will be put to the test tomorrow. Five runs for the Red Sox, eight hits, no errors. Three runs on eight hits, no errors for the Brew Crew on this City Connect Friday night. We will get to text, get to your calls. Craig Kishon will be joining us when his television duties are finished here this evening. But I want to talk about a few things when it comes to the pitching staff and what Freddie Peralta did today. Freddie's always impressed me. I tweeted this a moment ago. I... I I've always been so impressed in how, you know, in that first inning, Freddie's sitting 92-93, which is where he's normally cruising, right? That's his normal speed. But now, in that sixth inning, which ultimately didn't go his way, and he was trying to empty the tank there in that sixth inning, he ended up walking back-to-back players, Kike Hernandez and Tristan Casas, but he was touching 97 consistently. And I've been so impressed with how Freddie's been able to just rear back and have that in his back pocket. That's super, super impressive to me. Now, on the other side, I know uh, one tweet came in here saying, struck out too many times. we got to have a, a quick conversation here right at the top of the show, okay? 13 strikeouts is very normal in today's game of baseball. It's a little high. You're absolutely right. But Kenley Jansen looked absolutely filthy again tonight. Uh Josh Winkowski, man, there's a reason why they really like this guy in their swingman role right now. The ability to go multiple innings for him, he has been, that slider looked really nasty. I think there's a balance, right? There's saying you had a bad night offensively, which can be true, which is partially true tonight for the Brewers. But I think another thing is being able to tip your cap, right? This fan base has watched great pitching for the last few years. You know what good pitching looks like. And what I saw from Josh Winkowski and from Kenley Jansen tonight was great pitching, right? It wasn't bad approaches. It wasn't the strike zone. We're not going to go into that with Alfonso Marquez. There was one call that may or may not have impacted the game. But let's be honest. Those guys pitched very, very well tonight. And I'm not saying, hey, you know, lay your swords down. Oh, my gosh, they pitched better than us. It's over. No, I'm not saying that. But sometimes that's the difference of the game. When you look at what the Brewers have had these last few years. Any opposing fan base looks at Corbin Burns, right, and says, it's just a cutter, hit it. But you are sitting there explaining, no, why it's so nasty and all these things. Devin Williams, it's a changeup. Why can't you just sit on changeup? Well, when you see the swings and misses tonight against Kenley Jansen's cutter or Devin Williams' changeup throughout the season, you understand why pitching has such the advantage, right? And I just want to make that clear because there's – there will be games that you're like, man, how did they, you know, they hit into a bunch of bad luck or they worked good counts and couldn't get calls. Things. There will be games like that. I don't think tonight's one of those games. They just got beat tonight. And I look at it as it was a tight game. They got eight hits, but two out rallies that were kind of forming out of nowhere. And then they would hunker down and get the strikeout on the other side. The key for me today, the reason why the Brewers lost this game today for me was two out walks. Every mistake they made came back to bite them. 
right? The two two-out walks for Freddie Peralta. Hobie Milner looked human there in the sixth inning. And then the uh, two-out walk in the seventh inning by Bryce Wilson to the first batter he faced in Justin Turner. And then the RBI double by Yoshida. So the, all three two-out walks came around a score in this game. That To me, that's the story of today's game. That's the story of the loss. And that's what went down in this one. If you disagree, if you agree, if you want to talk about the rest of the series, 855 616 Again, 855 855- 616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. You can also tweet me as well at Dom underscore Catronio, D-O-M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. Uh, looking through some baseball Twitter right now, looking through my mentions and things like that. Bryce Train had a solid day. Uh, also, he got a knock. The RBI single there, the clutch one in the fourth inning to give the Brewers the lead. Great base running by William Contreras there. And then he was introduced to Kenley Jansen in the ninth. Like, oh, man, that is a big league cutter right there, you know. Uh, looking Also, I guess Shohei Otani just hit a home run, so that's cool. Uh, by the way, the Brewers are going to be missing Shohei Otani next weekend as far as pitching-wise. He's going to be hitting, but Shohei is pitching and hitting tonight, uh, and he's got 12 games with at least 10 or more strikeouts, the most in MLB since the start of last season. And he also hit a a home run 117 miles an hour off the bat this week. So that's pretty darn good. His ERA is 0.64, and him being my pick for uh, AL Cy Young is looking pretty darn good. Uh, Throughout this this game, we're going to look around baseball. We're also going to hear from Craig Council. We're going to get some highlights, and we're going to hear from Craig Kishon. Getting to the text line here, uh, a text rolling in here from Josh here in the 414. We had a couple opportunities to snatch it back. Couldn't get done today. It's nice to see the Brewers put the ball in play and go to the opposite field. Tough news on Garrett Mitchell today. What scenarios do you see playing out with this latest injury? I want to go into Garrett Mitchell with Craig and in our next segment coming up in just a little bit, but in case you missed the news, Garrett Mitchell is going to be out for a significant period of time, it looks like. His MRI and his imaging yesterday revealed a significant uh, damage to his labrum. They didn't go as far as saying it was torn. He will be visiting with Dr. Neil Elatrash down in Los Angeles coming up uh, after the weekend uh, and then seek the opinion and see if surgery is indeed recommended. And if it is recommended, it is a significant timeline looking like six months or so for Garrett Mitchell. So it's very likely, depending on the outlook after Monday's meeting with Dr. Neil Elatrash, that his season could be over. Uh, We'll talk about rebounding from that. I had a conversation with Garrett today, candidly, in the clubhouse as well. We'll talk about that with Craig Kishon coming up in just a bit. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Before we move any further, I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only. Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. We're rolling off the show coming up after this. Brewers fall tonight by a 5-3 score. I'm Dom Catronio, 855 616 one six twenty again eight five five six one six one six twenty old national bank talking text line old national bank get old Doug texting in need to get a Rias back at third much better defense it's just one game but these injuries are going to start affecting this team it might need Taylor back pretty quick too we do have an update on Tyrone Taylor Tyrone Taylor 
uh, is going through extended spring training right now back in Arizona. Uh, they expect at some point next week for him to join Nashville. But Craig Council reiterated, this is like his spring training. Not only has he not had at-bats, but he hasn't had conditioning. He hasn't been playing baseball. So it's not just going to be like two games in Nashville. He's going to spend a long time on his rehab assignment down there in Nashville on his way back. Uh, when it comes to defense at third, I mean, when Brian Anderson's playing third, he's really helpful. But with Urias in the fold, playing more third base, you can keep Brian Anderson in right field while you shore up the uh, health of the outfield, especially with the impact of Garrett Mitchell's injury. Right now we're going to welcome in Craig Kishon. And, and Craig, kind of a dud at the start of the day, and then, of course, a dud during the game. I, I want to start with Garrett Mitchell with you. Uh, this is a, a big blow for a, a young player very early in his career and somebody that was starting to turn things around offensively. And what are your early you know, reactions to what could be a season-ending injury for Garrett Mitchell? Well, I mean, I the same. I think that uh, the team is feeling what you're feeling. It's, um, you know, it, it, these injuries, you know, when they happen like this, Dom, as we know, we've covered this uh, uh, for a long time now in our careers. They're, they're so sudden uh, out of nowhere. And, you know, the very first thing you do is you, you really feel for any player who has something, you know, this serious to deal with. Uh, a, a different storyline for somebody who's a rookie who has so much promise and really had his first uh, opportunity out of all the rookies to succeed by the early call-up from last year and then prove that he belonged. I, I think that's uh, one of the big things. You know, you look at uh, how how good uh, Garrett Mitchell has been in a short tenure uh, for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers already and, and – um, you know, you, you don't want to see this get derailed by a full year, but it looks like that's going to be the case uh, with him. So those are the things that, that you feel at this point. Um, and then the next one is, you know, how does the team rebound from it? Now, it's really easy for us to say, well, look at all the rookies they have. Look at the depth they have in the outfield. But, you know, not every single one of these players, you know, baseball logic will tell you not every single one is is going to make it big or maybe be as successful as Mitchell was. So you're just going to have to see how this pans out as we progress here from game to game, month to month, and and uh, see how it goes. And when it comes to the outfield, look, Tyrone Taylor is a reinforcement on his way back. And I think with Blake Perkins being on this roster, this is a perfect example of why you make moves in the offseason that fly under the radar, and you're asking, why are you adding this guy on the 40-man roster? It's for depth, and you're seeing it happen firsthand right now, having Blake Perkins available as a fourth outfielder on this bench. Craig Council admitted as such during spring training, we are always looking for depth. Moves can happen at any time, and Blake Perkins is a great piece to have for depth because you just don't know what's going to happen in the season, and that's the case here. Uh, a caller called during the break, and I'm pretty sure the caller was confused with Garrett Cole, Garrett Mitchell, but asking about a Dodger that had a, a, a similar surgery, it's Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger also had a shoulder sublux, and he also had to get off-season surgery. Remember in the 2020 World Series, he celebrated so hard with Kike Hernandez, his shoulder popped out, then he popped it back in and played defense and all that. Same type of injury. And look what Cody Bellinger is doing now down at the Cubs. So there is a track record of being recovered and having history. It's also similar to Cody Bellinger. This is Garrett Mitchell's non-throwing shoulder, which I think is good news. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's not as not as lead shoulder for our, you know <laughs> more than one thing that we're talking about here. But um, you know, I I also think you bring up a good point. You know, just going back uh, to the Blake Perkins you know acquisition and and uh, Craig Council's answer on that. It it kind of goes to what I was talking about too. You know, Craig is not just referring to when you, when he says you don't know what's going to happen with injuries. You don't know what's going to happen with performances either. Who's going to be able to play at this level with success? I mean, that's the bottom line. And so having depth there, um, not only from a, uh, a rookie and, and draft and develop standpoint, but to add players, to a guy like Brian Anderson, who's obviously very valuable in the outfield as much as he is over at third place for this club. Same with Owen Miller, who, as you know, being at spring training the whole time, uh, kind of had to learn the outfield on the fly and has done a, a really good job of that. So that's all part of the depth that we're talking about right here. But, you know, uh, the bat plays and and these guys have to produce as well, not only man their position. So those are the things, obviously, that we're looking for, you know, starting tonight minus Garrett Mitchell. All right, let's talk a little bit more about tonight's game as well uh, before we get too lost in the sauce looking ahead into the future. Freddie Peralta... Started out good, gave up the two-run homer to Alex Verdugo. Hey, he's a good hitter. wasn't even that bad of a pitch. Then really settled down, but I look at that sixth inning, man, those two back-to-back, two-out walks, and I look at two at-bats. I look Obviously, the two walks are easy to look at, but I look at the 11-pitch at-bat with Verdugo in the fifth. He ended up doubling. It didn't end up hurting him. And I also look at the eight-pitch strikeout for the second out of that inning to Masataka uh, Yoshida. That might have took a little more out of him than maybe he anticipated, what are your overall thoughts of Freddie's performance tonight? Where did you see it stumble? Where did you see him do well? Because this is now kind of back-to-back days, that he, back-to-back starts, I should say. He hasn't quite been perfectly sharp. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and what you're talking about mostly is trying to get that third out in, in these innings and really having a lot of success getting the first two, and then all of a sudden it, it's, uh, you know, uh, a great deal of labor for him. Um, I think, you know, if you look at how many pitches, and, and I don't have the exact number, Dom, maybe you've got it there, but it's this won't be an exaggerated number. Just trying to get through uh, the, the final, especially that sixth inning uh, when he was cruising, um, he, he ended up using over 30 pitches where he shouldn't have needed to, to get through that. And I, and I think... You know, that's part of the key that we're talking about here, especially at that point in the game. Um, if, if he gets, you know, a, a really fine line pitch that was called a ball, a strike, he's probably done. And are we going to sit here and whine and moan about things? Of course not. But th- sometimes those are the differences in, in how a guy either gets out of something or it just absolutely starts falling apart for him. So um, I, I think for Freddie, the last two starts, it's just been really tough for him midway through the game to get these this final out, make that final pitch, uh, because he's, he's thrown a lot here, and he goes from cruising uh, to really expending a lot of energy here. And I, and I think, to me, that's what I see. So he got ahead 0-2 on Verdugo there in the fifth inning, the third time through, then needed nine poor pitches for him to hit that double. Luckily, he got Devers to ground out on the first pitch of his at-bat. Then Yoshida fouled off three consecutive pitches. 
with a 2-2 count on him to make that an 8-pitch at-bat. Then right after that, he fell behind 3-0 on Hernandez, who ended up drawing the walk with the close pitch that should have been called a strike but wasn't. And then he was ahead 0-2 once again on Casas, ends up falling behind to 2-2, then a full count, and eventually walked him as well. And you can tell all of his energy was spent on those two batters. And Milner got ahead 1-2, and and Raph Snyder just kind of poked one. And it's one of those times where it's like, man... He, you, you you nailed it there, Craig. He was just one pitch away, and he had to throw so many extra pitches, and it just emptied the tank a little bit sooner than maybe Freddie had even realized. And Hobie Milner looked human, and look, these are humans. It happens. The, this team hasn't lost back-to-back games, so I'm not going to sit here and nitpick one close loss. It's really the first close game they've lost this year, right? Yeah, I mean, that that's a really good point, and... I think we're all dwelling on this maybe a little bit too much since they had such a great road trip. They've been gone so long, and you think about all the momentum that could be there, and most baseball players will tell you that momentum doesn't really exist that way that we all think it does from the outside. Uh, But a lot of teams, uh, after great road trips, come home and fall a little bit flat and, and maybe don't have the performance that, we're all quite used to seeing, but, you know, I mean, we talked about it on our TV post game as well, Dom. Uh, the bullpen has been um, nearly flawless for, for most of this season already. And today to see the inherited runners score on Milner and, and Wilson was just out of character. It doesn't mean that uh, that's not going to happen during the season. Of course, it's going to happen at some point. And uh, unfortunately, today in a close game, you know, it happened to both relief pitchers who came in. It's just going to have to be one fifty six and six. You know, it's it's no big deal. They can make that happen for sure. We can, We're gonna have more we with Craig Sean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, more coming with Craig. A couple of more texts and your tweets as well. Eight five five six one six one six twenty again. Eight five five six one six one six twenty or at Dom underscore Catronio. More Brewers extra innings coming up after this. Rolling along here, we'll be with you for another 30-ish minutes or so here on tonight's program. I'm Dom Catronio with Craig Kishan. We're with you all weekend long. Programming note, though, for tomorrow, for Saturday, with the Bucks playing here on WTMJ. We're going to slide over to WKTI, ESPN 94.5, so you can catch post-game there tomorrow. Again, ESPN 94.5 tomorrow right here for Brewers and Red Sox. Text coming in from Mike in Colorado with Mitchell out. Just heard Freelick is injured also. Yes, he has a jammed thumb. They don't consider it serious for him. What's the likelihood of Jackson Churio getting some Brewers action? If so, while it makes a popular story, what are the risks of bringing him up now physically and psychologically? Uh, I hate to burst your bubble, Mike, and I hate to burst anybody who's on the Jackson Churio train. He ain't coming up. He's not coming up anytime soon. Uh, he is learning how to hit in double-A right now with the Biloxi Shuckers. Uh, this is what we're talking about when you want to see guys hit a speed bump, right? Guys that have been on a meteoric rise in prospect in prospect land. Yes, he's hit three homers in double-A. He's hitting two twenty six. The strikeouts are up. So he has finally hit that speed bump the Brewers have been looking for because he's the youngest player in double-A. He's 19 years old. He's hitting about 200 right now. So, uh, sorry to burst your bubble about Churio moving forward. But, Craig, while I welcome you in here, the Tyrone Taylor news is good news. We talked about Blake Perkins already. Uh, Urias is still a long ways away, but 
Now it comes down to performance because the guys that are here while waiting on Tyrone, they kind of have to stay on the field right now given the health of the team. Yeah, uh, a little bit too much of the uh, of the injury bug going on with this team here right now. But you're right. I mean, you know, especially the young guys at, at this point, you know, they're here to play. Uh, they're here to learn the game. And I think overall it, it's been, you know, a really good experience for them. And, you know, look, when, when somebody goes down, you know, we talked about, you know, in Mitchell's case, it, it only opens up the door for – somebody else and whether it was uh, more on a part-time level uh, or giving them uh, you know more playing time you know like uh, we see Weimer now you would think Dom that he's going to be out in center field for the majority of the time that he gets you know his starts and you'd expect those to be there every day as well but these guys you know they're they're in a position to produce they're in a position to fail and learn and to do it at this level, um, it, it doesn't get any better than that. But they're ready for it. That that's the thing. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Churio. He's he's not ready here uh, for the big league level just now. Will we see him late in the year? Hey, if he has a, a great double A, he's going to get promoted to to AAA more than likely. And then you know if he does well there, who knows if he won't be here at some point. But you're right; it's not going to be anytime soon. Yeah, he turned 19 in spring training. He's going to be 19 the entire... It's crazy. And yeah. we saw it in spring training, the confidence and the smile and the swagger in the box. He's still learning. Again, he's 19. He's, as Craig Council put it, he's a freshman in college. He's my son's age. And that really puts it into perspective for you. Uh, talking about tonight's game, though, Craig, I want to get into one of our segments here, the difference-making moment of the game, brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management's different, not driven by commissioned sales or by pushing financial products you may not actually need. For elite, comprehensive financial planning, customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. NXWealth.com. The difference-making moment of the game, the Brewers falling 5-3 to three can be one way or another. Craig, I'll give you the floor first. What was the difference-making moment? Well, to me, what, what really stands out, and, and I brought this up, uh, Dom, late in the last segment that we talked about, is the uh, the inherited runners that scored when Milner and Wilson came in. Um, uncharacteristic maybe this season, certainly not pointing the fingers and 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 blame and, in any respect. It's just uh, kind of uncharacteristic from what we've seen. And obviously, it, it gave Boston a chance to tie the game, take the lead, and also pad, and those uh, runners all came in uh, with two-out walks and then obviously the two-out hits as well. So uh, to me, just kind of the, the seal, the deal on the comeback, um, something that we just haven't seen much at all, if any, um, so far in the season is the inherited runners coming around at really key times. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a good pick there. I'm going to go in the bottom of the fifth inning with the Brewers still holding on to a 3-2 lead at the time. Remember, Joey Weimer, the bottom of the order, led off with a single and got to second on a wild pitch during Christian Yelich's at-bat. And Yelly was ahead 3-0, and and then he ultimately lined out to left field. Winker would fly out to center, and Adamas would line out to left field as well. The fact that the Brewers had a man on second with nobody out and not only failed to score him but failed to move him I thought that was the moment that the Red Sox got let off the hook, and then they obviously scored two runs there in the sixth inning as well. That was maybe the moment that doesn't feel like a big moment, in the, in, especially with the lead, but to another team, 
that's a momentum driver for the Red Sox dugout. Yeah, no, that that's a that's a good call there for sure. Uh, I, in fact, I thought the same thing. And you're you're thinking, well, we're we're midway through this one. You got a one run lead. You don't want those uh, situations to slip by too many times. Obviously, we saw it enough last season, last couple of years. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, this team can't afford no no matter how well they're playing offensively either. I like that call there because I was. I was sitting up in the press box kind of thinking the same thing. You had a leadoff single, and then you've got a runner at second base on the wild pitch. So runner in scoring position, nobody out, cannot let him sit. And, and furthermore, those would be among the last at-bats with a runner in scoring position on the night. The only other at-bat with a runner in scoring position was in the eighth inning with runners on the corners for Brian Anderson when he ultimately struck out against Josh Winkowski. Uh, looking ahead at tomorrow here, Craig, before we let you go here for the night, looking ahead at tomorrow, look, what more is there to be said about how well Wade Miley has pitched this season? What's impressed you? What stuck out to you about the way that Wade has gone about things, and he just shut down an incredible Padres lineup over the weekend out in San Diego. Is there anything that you're just like, oh my goodness, this looks like Wade Miley in 2018 all over again? Well, I think he looks way better. I mean, I I don't know, man. Uh, when he was signed uh, during the offseason, uh, and it was kind of late in the offseason, not, not uh, long before spring training, I thought, well, this is an interesting signing because they're they're giving him, I think, what was it, a four or five million dollar, you know, one year contract, and so that obviously was um, we're serious about what he's going to do for this team, and obviously, you know, the Brewers don't make signings unless they know what they're doing, so you ha- you had to trust that one, and um, the way that he has pitched in his first three starts has been uh, off the charts for me. Just the fact that what he did against a, a Padre lineup. Bottom line, Dom, is um, I think out of all Brewer pitchers here right now, he's mixing all his pitches as well as anybody, and maybe as well as I've seen him in a Brewer uniform in that last start against San Diego. Seven shutout innings, didn't walk a single batter, and had eight strikeouts to top it off and did all that on, what, 89 pitches? Um, I don't know. His mix, his confidence, his pace right now, uh, is off the charts. I love it, and I would expect uh, all of that in the you know and more coming up tomorrow night. And he's blowing eighty nine mile an hour cutters and sinkers by you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. <laughs> love it, love it. Craig Kishan joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings tonight. Thank you as always. You'll be with us all weekend long, and uh, we'll holler at you tomorrow after the game and after the Brewers hopefully level this series behind another great Wade Miley performance. Looking forward to it, Dom. All right, more to come. We're going to talk who's hot and who's cold coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Rolling along here on the show, Brewers fall 5-3 tonight. Another reminder, tomorrow we are on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee with the Bucks being here on WTMJ. So you'll catch us over there on our sister station here in Good Karma Brands. It's time now for Who's Hot and Who's Cold, brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider's highly trained technicians provide a one-stop shop for all home and business comfort needs, including an emergency service line that's always live. Get peace of mind by scheduling maintenance today with Cider, that's S-E-I-D-E-R, Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical at Cider, again, S-E-I-D-E-R, dot com. 
Who's hot right now? I, I really want to just point out Rowdy Telez's numbers in his career against the Red Sox. He hits another home run off of them tonight. A solo shot in the fourth inning. His 13th career homer against the Red Sox. Remember all of his time back in the Blue Jays organization. Uh, I was catching up with Dave O'Brien, the television broadcaster on Nessun for the Red Sox before the game today. He said, I just got one request for you, Dom. Just one request. Can you make sure that Rowdy Telez suddenly gets food poisoning or something and make sure that he doesn't play against us? Or Can you make sure he slows down against the Red Sox? He is the quote-unquote Red Sox killer. And in fact, looking at his numbers earlier today, it's amazing. When you put the minimum plate appearances, and this is you know part of my job, when you put the minimum plate appearances to 100 career plate appearances against a certain opponent against the Red Sox, right? Among all the players in baseball history that have had at least 100 plate appearances against the Boston Red Sox, coming into tonight, Roddy Telez had the second best OPS in baseball history with a minimum 100 plate appearances against the Red Sox. Number one will shock you. Uh... I know probably by this point y'all are getting ready for bed, but I'll just go ahead and give you the answer if you want to think about it. Number one is active, okay? Number one is an active player. It is not Babe Ruth, but this is where it gets funny, right? The player that's in number one has 190 career plate appearances against the Red Sox. Rowdy now has 130 career plate appearances against the Red Sox. Babe Ruth had nearly 1,300 plate appearances, and he's third decimal points behind Rowdy and this player that I'm about to name. So... It's a reminder, when we talk about Babe Ruth, when you actually look at his baseball reference page, you laugh out loud. So the active player that actually has the best OPS against the Red Sox, a minimum 100 plate appearances in their career, he hit a whole walk-off home run tonight. Brandon Lau with the Tampa Bay Rays. He's got 16 career home runs against the Boston Red Sox. So there's your uh, fancy bit of trivia when Brandon Lau and the Rays, uh, when the Brewers go down there coming up, uh, I believe next month, if I'm not mistaken, uh, later on in the season. Now, who's cold brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. When I'm looking at this Brewers lineup right now, Jesse Winker has not quite been the same since he came back from bronchitis, and I'm not trying to knock him. Look, bronchitis, no one wants to do anything after bronchitis, right? But it looks like his timing's just a hair off right now. A few more reps should get him going in the right direction. Remember, he had that oblique side tightness uh, in the Sunday finale against San Diego. He had to miss a game there, too. So he's been very stop-and-go, stop-and-start. And honestly, when you're trying to get ABs and trying to get your eyes back, an off day is kind of the last thing you want. So to have a day away from the field, that sort of thing. Uh, Jesse's cold, but I think he's about to break out in a big way, maybe even tomorrow against somebody like Garrett Whitlock. So let's talk a little bit about tomorrow's matchup, right? Brewers and Red Sox, game two of this three-game series, the only time these two teams will meet this season. The Red Sox, they have a lot of trust in Whitlock. They look at their three of Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck, and Brian Bayo, who's going to get the start in Sunday's game. That's their new, young, three controllable pitchers that they're looking toward the future with. Garrett Whitlock has got a 4.50 ERA this season, only 10 strikeouts on the young year and 12 innings pitched. He has allowed three home runs, but he's a control freak. Control freak. He's only allowed two walks this season. And uh, of the three homers he allowed, they were all 
against Tampa Bay in his first start of the season when they were still undefeated at the start of the year. Uh, the home runs were hit in that game by Isak Paredes, uh, by uh, Yandy Diaz, and also by that man again, Brandon Lau. So he can give up the long ball. The Brewers certainly have the capabilities to do so. He's somebody that the Red Sox are very excited about his development. And by the way, in his last start against the Angels, seven innings, just three hits allowed, two walks, and five strikeouts. He got the win, only allowing one run as the uh, Red Sox beat the Angels in that game by a final of 2-1. to one. As for the Brewers, they're going to counter with Wade Miley, as we mentioned a moment ago with Craig Kishon here on the line. Wade Miley's got a 1.50 ERA, and he's got 14 strikeouts. It's the odd-numbered magic for Wade Miley, right? He was hurt most of last season with the Cubs. He was terrific in 2021 with the Reds. He was solid until September in 2019 with the Astros. And when he was healthy and he returned to the Brewers in 2018, he was really solid as well. But then you go back to his time with Baltimore, throwing over 150 innings each of his two seasons in 2016 and in 2017. This man just knows how to pitch. 14 strikeouts, just three walks in 18 innings pitched. Opponents are only hitting 206 against him in the young season. The cutter is cutting, the slider is sliding, and he has got guys off balance all night long. Wade Miley is certainly somebody that can get the Brewers back on track. And how many teams can say that about their fifth starter at the start of the year, right? That Oh, Wade Miley's going, he can get us back on track. And then you're lurking with Corbin Burns, a healthy Corbin Burns, on Sunday. There was a lot of concern about Corbin and the left pec strain that came out after his start uh, against the Mariners earlier in the week. He is fine. Talk to him in the clubhouse today. Things are A-OK when it comes to him making his start on Sunday. It was just more of a mental freak-out moment there for him and making sure that it wasn't going to get worse. They caught it at the right time, things of that nature. Obviously, the tough injury news today with Garrett Mitchell. Uh, but again, the good news is that Tyrone Taylor is playing in games in extended spring training right now. He is due on his way back. In the meantime, we're going to see a lot of Joey Weimer in center. I imagine we'll see some Owen Miller in center as well. And we'll see a lot more Brian Anderson out there in right field in the time being as well. So we're going to hear from Craig Council in just a little bit. We're also going to hear some highlights. We're going to take a breather. You'll hear the news at the top of the hour. Then we'll have more Brewers Extra Innings coming up after the news here on 620 WTMJ. A few more segments here on the show. Brewers fall tonight 5-3. Remember all these shows over the weekend and throughout ESPN 94.5 whenever we have a show. It is available in podcast form. All you got to do is subscribe to Brewers All Access. You will also get the Brewers 360 segments every morning on Wisconsin's Morning News. Personalities like Jeff Levering, Matt Arnold, Sophia Minnert, Adam McAlvey, etc., etc. And you will hear little bite-sized pieces about the Brewers every morning from the crew of Vince Vetrano, Eric Bilstad, Brandon Snyder, and uh, Greg Hill, and Debbie Lazaga every morning on Wisconsin's Morning News right here on WTMJ. Uh, as we roll along here on the show, let's hear from the manager. A quick meeting with Craig Council. It's, um, you know, I thought he was threw the ball well coming out in the sixth, too, and just, like I said, I, I think you got to give them some credit for fouling off some pitches and giving, some, giving them some tough at-bats. Craig, and even at the end, the velocity was way up. Um, does it just look like he has good life out in these games? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he pitched, he th- 
you know, it, it kind of the results didn't match how he pitched tonight, I thought, but that, that happens sometimes. And the walks ended up costing us. We couldn't get out of that sixth inning. Um, but he threw the ball well. That fifth inning, you guys had a lot of hard hit balls that weren't rewarded for. Did that feel sort of like a, a tiny point of it? Well, I mean, I, I thought. I thought the story of the game was their their reliever when Kowski came in and did a really nice job. I mean, you get um, you know you get the starter out in the sixth, and you know that's to, to go to go through the eighth inning with the, with that guy. He did he did a nice job. Um, so you know in the in the fifth, yeah, we had some hard hit balls, but we didn't. You know, kind of second half of the game was a lot of like you know we got some two two out rallies going, but nothing nothing early in the inning to to put big pressure on. Him. Craig, you see Rowdy just making a lot of loud contact lately. Is he pretty locked in? I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think Rowdy's going to go through stretches like this. Um, got off to a little bit of a slow start uh, for five or six games, and then he's been he's been swinging the bat good and having very good at bats. Um, something we're obviously going to need in the middle of the lineup. Um, so we'll keep it going. What do you think of Williams' slide? We haven't seen a ton of him like running the bases. Ever. Yeah, I mean, I thought. I mean, I thought Jason did a nice job. I thought Owen did a great job scoring with two outs there um, on some solid base running. I thought William did the same thing um, with with a you know a ball that really shallow um, and throw wasn't online. And William made a great slide to to avoid the tag. That was really cool slide, actually. That was some freak athletic stuff from William Contreras tonight. Too bad it was all for naught. The Brewers fall on this one. Hey, they got some two-out runs in this. I mean, that was the Christian Yelich RBI single in the third was with two outs. Terang's RBI single that scored Contreras on that acrobatic slide in the fourth was with two outs. But they couldn't get the job done in the eighth inning when they really needed to try to make that comeback. But on the other side, the two-out walks came back to bite, and the Red Sox got it done. They executed this evening. We're going to relive the highlights coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Brewers, Red Sox, a rare, well, interleague matchup, but everybody plays everybody nowadays. Is it really interleague anymore? Nonetheless, they're opening up a nine-game homestand with Freddie Peralta on the mound against Nick Pivetta. This game was scoreless through two innings of play. In the top of the third inning, though, a two-run homer from Alex Verdugo would open the scoring in this contest. However, the Brewers would have an opportunity to respond right back in the bottom half of that third inning. Pivetta brings home the pitch, and it's a line drive into left. That's going to get down for a hit. Takes a big hop to Yoshida. Here's the throw home, and Miller with the left hand slides in there safely. Yelich drives in the first run of the game for the crew, and they cut the deficit to one on an RBI single from their leadoff man, Christian Yelich. Lane Grindle's call. Two outs would be the theme of this game, so the Brewers down by one. Now we move ahead to the bottom of the fourth inning. Rowdy Telez came in with an OPS well over 1,000 in his career against the Boston Red Sox, and he kept adding to it. And he rips this one down the right field line, going back is Verdugo at the track. Bye-bye baseball! Rowdy Telez with his sixth of the season, and the Brewers have tied it at two. 
He just sees red when he sees the Red Sox. Hey, it was a low-hanging punt. I had to take it. The Brewers weren't done, though, in that fourth inning. Once again, with two outs and furthermore, with two strikes, Bryce Terang had a chance to score William Contreras from second. One-two pitch. Breaking ball. Hit through the right side and into right field. Around third is Contreras. Verdugo's got a big arm. He throws home. Contreras gets around the tag, and he's in there. The Brewers lead it 3-2. to two. Laying on the call there. However, with a 3-2 lead, we fast forward to the sixth inning. Freddy Peralta was rolling. He got the first two outs of the inning on 12 pitches, but then a walk to Kike Hernandez with a controversial ball four called against Freddy to allow Kike to reach. Then Tristan Casas also walked after seven pitches, so he was lifted after 98 pitches on the or 99 pitches on the evening. Hobie Milner came on with runners on first and second. And two outs facing Jaron Duran. Lefty against the left-handed offerings of Hobie Milner. Swinging a line drive off the glove of Miller. And the Red Sox score again. He made a diving try on a bullet hit to his left. Couldn't hang on. And the Red Sox have the lead now. It's 4-3 Boston. So they would score on back-to-back with two outs. Rob Refsnyder and Jaron Duran. Gave them a 4-3 lead. They would not look back, adding an RBI double in the seventh and bring us to the final score of 5-3 after Kenley Jansen slammed the door in the bottom of the ninth. We'll wrap up the show coming up after this. One last look around the scores and get you ready for tomorrow's programming right here. Brewers, Red Sox on 620 WTMJ. Wrapping up the show for a few more minutes here this evening. Once again, we'll remind you, remind you, remind you. 94.5 ESPN tomorrow for the broadcast with the Bucks here on WTMJ. Broadcast starts at 5.35 with the On Deck Show. A 6.10 first pitch. Garrett Whitlock and Wade Miley will go at it tomorrow evening. And then we will be over there on post game as well on 94.5 ESPN. So that's where you can find us tomorrow. Then right back here on WTMJ on Sunday. Uh, looking around baseball here this evening, Shohei Otani got the start today and also was hitting against the Kansas City Royals. And uh, Shohei Otani is very, very good. 11 strikeouts, 7 scoreless innings. He had 6 straight strikeouts at one point. The Angels handled the Royals, as one would expect them to do, uh, in that one by a 2-0 final. Also tonight, Zach Gallen. The Brewers might have woke him up because Zach Gallen has now thrown 21 consecutive scoreless innings. He's doing it again. Remember last year, he was well over 40 consecutive scoreless innings. At one point, he was flirting with Oral Hershiser's uh, record for consecutive scoreless innings. That game just went final. The Diamondbacks blanking the Padres 9 to nothing, sending a message. The West is far from decided. Tatis Jr. got his first hit back from his steroid suspension. Uh, he went one for four with a single. Juan Soto struck out twice against Zach Allen, who, by the way, seven shutout, just two hits, 11 strikeouts. San Diego only managed two hits in this one. The uh, Diamondbacks also had a seven-run bottom of the eighth inning. So they're really on a roll right now at 12-9 and nine for their record. 
Also elsewhere, the Mariners are beating the Cardinals right now 5-2. to two. The Cardinals continue to struggle early in the season, but we all know better than to count them out. If they lose that game, they will fall to 8-12 and 12 in the early goings of the season. And also in the Central, the story is the Pittsburgh Pirates right now. My goodness, they win again today. They beat the Reds 4-2 to two the final in Pittsburgh. The Pirates are now 14-7, and seven, y'all. They are playing some great baseball right now. Mark Mathias' old friend is playing for them, too, and he's playing well. Their main bats were kind of quiet today. Connor Joe was 3-for-3 three three in this one. Mathias had uh, two runs batted in as well, and they're just pitching the ball well. Another quality start for Mitch Keller. Good thing the Brewers don't see the Pirates for quite a bit, so... They're playing some good baseball. Don't think those are going to be a pushover coming up later in the season. Brewers fall tonight to the Red Sox, but still two more games head-to-head with them on this series over the weekend. Then the Tigers will be coming to town Monday through Wednesday, off day next Thursday, and then more weekend baseball with the Los Angeles Angels. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout will be here in Milwaukee as the Brewers finish up their Stint with the American League for this month. Four straight series against the AL. Yes, that's the first time that's happened since the Brewers moved to the National League from the American League. And I learned a fun factoid from Bill Schroeder today that the Brewers have only not been in the NL uh, West and in the... They have been in the AL West, I beg your pardon. So uh, the AL Central is the only other division they have not been in in their tenure. So it's kind of wild when you think about all the realignment years throughout baseball. So back tomorrow, 535 pregame on ESPN 94.5. First pitch at 610. Then we wrap up the series back here on WTMJ on Sunday at 110. For Justin Pottinger, I'm Dom Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.